Welcome to the Digital Investors Podcast with Matt and Liz Rad, where we explore how you can invest in the new digital economy with expert interviews, proven strategies, and stories of success. Get inspired to grow your portfolio for the future. Hi, and welcome to the Digital Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rad, and today we are speaking to Ewan Fincer from Ventureforth Capital about managing multi-million dollar website portfolios. But in particular, what we want Ewan to give us some insights into is what do we do during a potential recession or a market downturn at the multi-million dollar level when we're managing many, many websites? Because many of you will remember Ewan. We've had him on the podcast numerous times. And the last time we spoke... Ewan was explaining how he goes out and starts websites, but not just one at a time. He will launch 20 to 30 websites at a time. He's raised funds to do this. It's a multi-million dollar fund. And so what I thought today, we'd get Ewan back to give us an update in the current marketplace and also with the changes that are happening out there, not just in the economy, but also in the, the search space and with websites in general. So Ewan, thank you so much for coming back on again and speaking to our community here in Australia. Yeah, it's, it's great to be back. Thanks so much. Yeah, and it, it's been really good, you and I, catching up and finding out uh, what what you've been doing out there. So like, like I said, you, you normally are building websites and building a big website portfolio and primarily the content space. Do you want to give us an update on some of the things that you've done recently? Because some obviously, can you also touch on some of the success that you've had there over the last couple of years in, in particular? Yeah, for sure. So as some of the listeners might uh, recall, you know, we had launched uh, back in 2021, um, we had launched a couple portfolios um, targeting ground up content sites, which really hasn't really been done before at scale. So pretty exciting. We yeah. kind of built an entire team and a system and even tech around uh, both launching and managing and growing um, these assets, you know, in a portfolio. And the real inspiration behind that was um, having read this book uh, by Jim Collins, Good to Great, and a lot of his other other yep. excellent material out there. Um, having learned some some rough lessons from acquiring, you know, back three four years ago, sites where you know kind of lose your shirt on. We lost our shirt on a couple, and you know we had some that went up. But I was trying to understand, you know, how do we underwrite the risk, and uh, what are the opportunities here for for our skill set in particular, which is really around identifying gaps in, in markets. Um, and bringing, you know, bring content uh, to bear to kind of uh, serve a need. And so we stumbled on this concept called fire bullets and cannonballs, which actually is, is fairly, you know, well known, but um, we kind of internalized that for our, our process. And so we launched these sites, we launched them, like you said, all at the same time, because we really wanted yeah. to understand um, how to be better capital allocators. Um, there's a lot of, you know, in this community, there's, there's so many lifestyle entrepreneurs, which is, you know, where I come from. Uh, you know, quitting the day job, uh, you know, going full time online. Um, and there's also some really big media players, you know, that that have acquired old magazines and kind of turned them into uh, digitally facing publications. But there, there's very few kind of media companies or, or, or operations that are operating that middle ground. And so I really wanted to professionalize, you know, kind of our process and using this analogy of firing bullets and cannibals to kind of see what sticks first firing, you know, a, a limited amount of capital, but doing it in an organized fashion and doing it across a number of potential ideas. So we kind of 
go to the drawing board, we find some markets we like, some niches that we think have potential. And rather than try to fall in love with one or two or convince ourselves, uh, you know, through research that one is better than the other, we just say, look, these are all good uh, verticals. They all kind of meet our criteria for a worthy niche to go after. But there's a whole black box with Google um, and in, in general, with a lot of these platforms where you don't really know the market until you're in it. And so how do we get exposure to a market and kind of do a little soil sample uh, before going all in and expending all of our capital, all of our, our gunpowder, this analogy, on one or two ideas? So we, we like to launch all of the sites kind of in a disciplined, organized way at the same time, which requires a certain amount of scale and coordination that normally a, a solo shop, or a solo operator, or a small media company wouldn't have the ability to do. So we kind of had to build that infrastructure and really like focused on measuring, you know, each step of the journey. So I don't get too far. I encourage, I guess, our, our listeners to go back and check out those yeah. older podcasts. Yeah, we've been growing those and those have those have continued to grow. You know, we're we're now around two years in to, to one of them and uh, probably 18 months in, 70 months into another. And, you know, we're, we're trying, I don't have the stats right in front of me, but, you know, we're, uh, for one of the portfolios, we're, you know, on our way to, um, I don't want to misquote here, but, you know, we're hundreds of thousands of, of page views a month, I'd say uh, close to 300,000 page views on per month on one of them. And then on the other one, um, we're 600, 700 page views a month. So, um, you know, we're, we're making progress and we're monetizing those sites. Um, they're, you know, we're probably, I, I don't give, you know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but we're, we're kind of in that process now of, of monetizing them, adding display ad networks, adding affiliate, um, optimizations. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of where we are. And so everything's pointing the right direction, but the proof is in the pudding. Like we're, we're now, we have the traffic and, and it's kind of like, well, so what now, what do you do with it? And so we're kind of learning, you know, in that phase. And then as we're getting new capital coming in from in capital inflows, we're trying to decide how to reallocate, you know, which which sites to cut bait on because, you know, yeah, they're growing, but they're not growing nearly as fast as these other ones, or they don't have as much uh, affiliate potential for high value affiliates. So we're kind of working through that messy, uh, that messy part of it. Of, but that's the fun part is, is finding the real winners. Um, and, and yeah, that's where we're at right now. So th- this is perfect. So, if you're listening to this and you're a beginner or even if you're intermediate, just to summarize what Ewan's done, this is Ewan, you've done so well. Like you said, you're unique. This is the world's perfect study of what it's like to launch 30 website content websites, exactly like anyone in our community is doing. So you can launch 30 at a time at scale. But understand, guys, what Ewan's doing is he's testing the waters. It's very smart. He's not going all in when you, you just do and and did you hear there too, like you and you said, this has been a 12 to 18 month process. That's why this this interview is the perfect timing, I reckon, um, because you and as you know, we've got lots of beginners in our community who are you know building up sites or buying sites. And so this is perfect to see where the data is at. And so really what you've done is approach it is a diversification portfolio approach to building brand new websites. And I do want to say something, if you don't know, much about you and listen to our previous podcast, but you and used to buy and sell websites just like Liz and I and all of us did, um, you know, and in the six and seven figure range. So you and knows what he's doing, but basically you let those websites mature, like you said, see which ones work. And they're the ones that you then step on the accelerator and really grow. 
And so out of that portfolio, this is obviously, I think you're too humble, you, and you've had some pretty big success stories because let's now fast forward to where you're at or come to where you are now. What have you decided to do recently based on the macro picture? Because I think that's where people would be, again, we've got this beautiful data set in in the yes. in the form of venture forth media where you know you, you've gone out done this um where, where's your thinking at now in the current marketplace and what have you just done recently with with this portfolio because you've obviously got successful ones and ones that are just kind of sitting there tickling along probably very yes. typical to any of our listeners yeah so we so we're kind of interesting in that so you know our our business structure kind of follows my evolution as, as kind of an entrepreneur and how we've kind of organically grown venture forth media is the hold co we have some sites, you know, back when I got started in 2012, 2013, where we started them back then. So we have now some sites that are getting on 10 years old that we started years and years ago. Um, and then when we started doing the kind of the portfolio concepts, we have that those were in 2020, 21, 22. Um, we have, you know, those kind of big launches at scale. And then we have some we've picked up over the years, like you said, kind of buying and selling. Um, and so, you know, we, you know, I, I kind of oscillated between this thinking of, okay, initially as a, as a life entrepreneur, my only option was to build it from scratch. I didn't have capital. I had, you know, a hundred bucks in my laptop. So, you know, there were no investors back in 2012, 2013, this yeah. asset class was even more undiscovered. Um, That's right. You know, there was no yeah. one putting capital behind it really. Um, and so then I kind of evolved my thinking to, oh, well, what I want to do when I grow up is just buy a bunch of assets and I'm going to buy anything because I can manage it better. And then we did raise some capital to go do that. Um, and we had some successes, some things that worked, but then we also had what I call the iceberg risks. The ones were like, you know, the, the seller kind of disappeared. They, you know, had a PBN network in the background and the oh, site yeah, kind of yep. tanked six months later. And so we had a couple of those and, you know, Warren Buffett's rules, like rule number one, <laughs> don't lose money. And rule yep. number two is follow yeah. rule number one. Like that, you know, despite, you know, the successes, if you have one of those real big duds where you expend a ton of capital, that could kind of wreck the entire return profile. Um, and so then I did some soul searching on like, okay, well, that that didn't turn out as expected. So what can we do? And so then I kind of came back to this, our roots, I would say, and we started doing this ground up uh, concept, which is which has worked well. And I think particularly two or three years ago, four years ago, when where we were in the economic cycle was, you know, kind of multiples were increasing, you know, easy money, um, you know, people were raising left and right. And there was kind of bidding wars for assets, you know, good assets were getting, you know, sold at premiums, there's a lot of competition. And so it kind of made sense for that market. But then when I kind of realized really reflecting on it, I was like, look, it's not, I used to be like, it's, it's I'm, I'm a build versus buy guy. I kind of did that evolution. And then I kind of have come well, not full circle, but maybe halfway back this analogy of, no, we're, we're actually omnivores. And there's like a, there's a time in a season to be doing ground up launches when, when the market kind of makes that uh, make sense. And there's another time where, you know, when we, when we enter periods of more uncertainty or where, you know, it, money gets tight, um, your higher interest rates, whatever, you know, we can see from all the brokers out there right now, there's a, a palpable slowdown in deal flow um, where people aren't listing as many sites at the high end, you know, they're not transacting, which is kind of spreading this a little bit of that early, I don't say panic, but there's certainly a lot of hand wringing going on. And then you layer on this like the threat of AI. Um, 
uh, which is, you know, there's a lot of hype to that. There's a lot of real truth to that. But we, I, well, the way I'm looking at the landscape right now is like, look, there's going to be opportunities um, ahead. So what we decided to do in Venture Forth was actually sell a couple assets um, kind of for mid, mid six figures. Um, and these were in, you know, we had one in the kind of the music space, um, smaller fishing site, a site in the parenting space. And we just kind of took took some some chips off in anticipation of, uh, you know, one, the uncertainty that we're heading into. And two, you know, the idea that uncertainty kind of breeds uh, good deals. I mean, uh, be greedy when others are fearful. You know, that's you know, another Warren Buffett adage, like just applying to the space. I think we're kind of entering that period where um, there's going to be some deals to be had. And so we want to be prepared uh, to kind of do that cycle again. And if we can buy or call it buy a bullet, um, you know, buy a site for 20, 30, 40 K that's, that's gets us out of the sandbox that we would normally uh, have to go through when we're launching these ground up sites. So if we can find sites and verticals that we really love that are like starter sites, basically, but like not starter sites that are done for you and marketed, you know, by, internet marketers, but starter sites from genuine starters, enthusiasts, uh, people that are pass passionate about the space, but just have lost interest or are now a little bit concerned or have to pay off, you know, a bunch of debts or, or, or whatever. That's a, that's a win-win for us. If we can acquire it at a great multiple in a vertical, we would love to build in any way. And so I'm, I'm kind of preparing to kind of shift our business a little bit to be prepared, you know, for that uh, potentiality. So that, Ewan, thank you so much for saying that because, you know, that's exactly what we teach here at the eBusiness Institute is to buy the genuine passion sites under that 50K range, even though it sounds quite small. And isn't it fascinating, like, for you now? So this is super cool. So gone from, like you said, you're a buy versus build kind of guy, like figuring out, and mm -hmm. now you come back to buying websites. But basically, you've raised some cash to to cash up to make sure you raise a decent chunk of cash, like selling a couple of websites in, in, you know, in mm -hmm. the mid six figures. That's a good sum of, that's a good war chest to sit on very Warren Buffett like, and just sitting there to looking to you've identified exactly like what we teach our guys, because it's like relatively low risk buying yeah. good websites under 50 K that are, like for you and I, they look like starter sites to a degree. Well, they're, they're, they're run by people who are genuinely passionate about their topics and they might just need some quick cash. And I think what, what's really cool here, can you give us an example of the one that you, it, just give us an example yeah. of the one that you bought because it, it that, I think that's a pretty much the perfect example of what hopefully we're going to be finding more and more. Sure. So yeah, this is, this is one where, you know, we, uh, you know, this is captain probably last uh, well, a month ago, I'd say. And so we weren't really, we were selling assets. So I wasn't quite in that buy mode yet, but sometimes, you know, one lesson I've learned is that the deals tend to come to you and the opportunities come when you maybe aren't quite ready, Yep. you know, and, and we have to, that's why I want to have this work just to be prepared for any eventuality. But, you know, we had this um, inbound from kind of a broker friend, um, on a deal that we, we we kind of look at a lot of prospectuses. We always like, you know, say, yes, I want to take a look at this site just as, to keep our deal flow pipeline uh, full and, and, and keep us on our on our toes. But, you know, this one, it was in the fandom space. We love that kind of passionate user demographic. Yeah. Um, and it, initially it was listed for, I think it was listed for uh, 30K. And then we, we kind of came down... Uh, uh, over time, 
you know, we came, we, we were like, you know what, that's a little bit expensive. That was probably three to four times. And so we said, look, um, you know, that's, that's a, a decent deal, but we're more interested in, in acquiring something, you know, around one to two times. And so we were kind of just patient. We said, look, this is what we can do. We can do, you know, a deal for X. Um, and, you know, you know, no hard feelings had, you know, just said, look, you know, if anything changes, let us know. And sure enough, you know, it came back, you know, I think the offer, it was like one middle point, it came down to like uh, 14K or something. And then we kind of stuck to our guns a little bit. So now we can, we can come up a little bit, but uh, we ended up essentially purchasing this asset for uh, less than one and a half times, um, times revenue. And, you know, that, that's a deal that a trade that we're going to do, you know, kind of any day um, if we can find it. Um, but again, it, it, part of it was being patient and not forcing the issue, not saying, look, we have to buy something, you know, right away. So because for you, the asymmetric risk is absolutely brilliant on a deal like that. You know, you're used to running a multi-million dollar portfolio. So if you're listening to this, understand something, guys, in this world of websites, it, it, this is when we can start to make some serious money when the market changes like this. You're not, Ewan's not taking a big risk here, you know, multi-million dollar portfolio of websites, yet he's buying sites under 50K. Anyone listening to this podcast is presumably in that, in that, in that case as well. Now, one other thing that I, and and I really like that from a, a, a risk allocation viewpoint and diversifying your portfolio, it's not only the idea of like Warren Buffett says, buy when there's, you know, blood in the streets or, you know, the fear, but also I like it from an a portfolio diversification or, or reducing your risk because for you that site now sitting in your organization you know how to grow it you can it's only upside you can't really lose on that 15k buy price because um, you've bought it on such a low multiple but also do you want to mention because it's an interesting little um thing too that the, the challenge i want to point out to people what was these particular challenge that was was that the one that had the challenge around the advertising revenues Cool. Yeah, that's correct. So it was a site where I think it was around 40,000 uh, sessions a month. And nice. so yep. it was uh, on that Mediavine ad network, which is you know one of the popular display ad networks, but they, they've changed their threshold. Um, and they kind of make any new buyer, new acquirer, new owner go through the application process again. So there was a very real risk that, <laughs> you know, upon transfer, you would essentially lose all that Yep. revenue because you wouldn't be approved you'd be under their fifty thousand threshold so um so you know we you know we kind of said look we don't know and that's a that's a legitimate risk i mean it's obviously that's generating revenue for the, the previous owner but there's no guarantee that, that can continue and there's almost very little way of finding that out other than just applying and in order to apply you have to be the verified new uh -huh. owner like on the yep. documents you can't just say oh you know he may be a, like can we try applying and <laughs> see what happens um, so that, that was part of it. And so we saw, and again, since we're playing a longer game, you know, mm. our, our position anyways, look, we're going to rehab it, you know, do some improvements, come up with a new growth plan. And yep. so, you know, that 10,000 session gap is probably something that within a you know period of three to six months will be kind of a rounding error, you know, once we implement the yeah. growth plan. And so, you know, we're not, we don't need, we don't, we're not relying on that to be a revenue producer day one. And so I think that kind of gets this idea that you can kind of value these assets on on things other than just the PL. Um, and you yeah, know, if you have you know, some sort of growth lever, um, you know, you can and, but but again, this was a great example. This is like a win-win because not only were we getting 
deal based on this PL, but we were we weren't having to price in our upside at all. Um, which sometimes, you know, if you're working with brokers looking at deals, you're, you know, you get caught in this, you know, they'll they'll say, here's the 10 growth strategies that you can do. And so you almost start pricing in sometimes, oh, well, we're gonna do that. And so we're gonna, you know, we're, we're gonna realize that. But in reality, it's it's that's that's a risk. It's a huge question mark. And oh, by the way, while you're trying to do that growth strategy, you know, someone might kick the legs out, you know, from under you with a Google update. And so that's where like kind of the, that full circle thinking of like, look, if we can take a very disciplined approach and wait for the right deals to come to us, you know, we can kind of mitigate risk on all sides. And like the one analysis I love to do is this worst case analysis is, hey, if we do nothing, if we just you know, tweak a few things, add a few ad networks, or just use the affiliate revenue. How soon can we make our money back based on that alone? And if and if we can pencil out where you're making your money back within 12 to 18 months, just and just even have the assumption that this is a cash flow into the ground scenario, you know, then you like you're kind of covering that risk really well, and, and your growth strategy doesn't even have to work. Um, yeah, you know, you can you can basically say, look. You know, this is like we we just we just hold it and even even bake in a ten percent decline. If you can buy assets with that assumption at a great multiple, you know, I think you've mitigated risk all all the way around. And and I love from your point of view because of the way you you know you run your this portfolio of websites, it is a good analogy too. Really, you've just skipped the sandbox launch bit that twelve to eighteen months. You've just jumped out there, bought a ready-made website that's working, proven revenues, and you know your growth system. So now you've just short-circuited 12 to 18 months time. And so you've reallocated your, your capital from some of your winning sites into that, and you can just rinse and repeat. And so that that's really cool for, and so anyone listening, as you know, this is what where the sweet spot is or the easy sweet spot. I mean, there's lots of sweet spots in buying websites. There's lots of strategies you can do, but in terms of a, a safety aspect, because our background's buying and selling bricks and mortar businesses where you're, you know, 50 grand is like, man, that, that barely covers one month stock, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It with these, we the the upside is so huge, it's a really good risk reward ratio. So that's super cool. Now, one question that just made me think, in terms of reallocating capital, Ewan, we have to share what you did in in your in your sale, like how that deal I, you know, the one where um, I do want to, sh- because I think it's a really good lesson. One of the ones where you've, because of you know how to run websites, you worked with a listener that may be like typical high net worth listener listening to this podcast. Um, can you explain how that deal worked for that buyer who bought your site? Because yes. I think that was a, you mentioned something there, that was a win-win from the way you described to me. That's a win-win outcome for both you as a seller of a website asset and for that buyer. So are you happy to share some of the numbers on that yes. as well? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, that one um, in particular, I mean, our, our position, my position is like, I, we never want to sell any of our, our babies, so to speak. Yeah. We want to hold them forever yeah. and you know, almost to a fault where we're, you know, biased towards not selling. And so, you know, that was part of the the pros and cons list. It's like, well, some of these assets we actually really like and but and we believe in. And that's that's also what makes them great assets to sell because what's what, what makes us excited about them is what makes a buyer excited about them too. So there's one site in particular we had to list it. Um, I think we listed it for like a 46X 
um, monthly. And so, you know, it where, was, where did it was you good. list it? We should mention that too. Uh, so we listed a couple sites on Empire Flippers. We sold another one on Flippa. Um, yeah. Awesome. But yeah. And so, you know, we, ha- we actually ended up having a little bit of a kind of a race to the wire situation on that one, which is great to have, you know, full, full yeah. price ask. And it kind of came down to these two options. One was like, we'd get our asking price. The other one was asking price. But the buyer seemed to suggest that he would want our input kind of moving forward, want us to somehow be involved. And so, you know, we were trying to make this again at Empire Flippers is like down to the minute, like, you know, you got X number of hours to decide type thing on kind of both sides. And so we're trying to make this decision very quickly. And, you know, something about the buyer, like, let me believe that, you know, look, he's interested in us staying on in some capacity. We kind of had a rough outline. I just even sent over, here's some ways we could work together. We didn't even have an agreement in place. But I ended up going with with that buyer because there was this potential where we could still be involved. And, you know, we went through diligence and, you know, took a little bit to transfer the asset and everything. Had multiple calls with the buyer, all the transition stuff, got to know each other. And the more he talked to us, the more we talked to him. I think it was clear to him that, you know, he he actually, you know, as much as he was excited about owning this business, he didn't want us to be responsible for holding the entire bag. And so we ended up coming to an, an arrangement where we get to basically operate um, operate the entity moving forward. So we get kind of our our exit that we 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 reluctantly wanted, and we get you know upside in the continuing operation. And if we achieve certain objectives, we get you know a kicker and things like that. So we are now incentivized in a significant way to continue operating that and continue growing that website. Now with this new new buyer, so we can bounce ideas off of each other, but. It was kind of a, a win-win situation where, you know, I think one of the problems in this asset class is that, you know, there's a lot of good macro analysis done on like, you know, this is a growing space that the, the cash flow multiples are great. You know, you can get them for a really good multiple relative to other businesses. Um, but the real gap here is operational expertise. And that's something I've realized across the yes. board, um, whether you're building or buying, like, you know, yeah. so if if you know you can take a buyer who's like he did all the math like he did all the math it's a great vertical it's a growing market high margin you know high affiliate commission um sticky great e- eat you know getting into digital products like it's it's a it's a great case study in, in, a, in a good fundamental business but still there's all this operational risk and so i think it makes a lot of sense to to you know kind of explore that you know relationship for us but just in general in, in our industry like you know who's going to do the operating i know ef capital or another web street now they're kind of democratizing that you know where anyone can kind of invest in deal and i think it's a really important move for our space and i think we need more more of that you know to really bridge the divide because i've seen i've seen a lot of examples where you know capital does get involved and because it's pitched a lot of times on the brokerages like oh the it's one hour a week or 10 hours a week or five hours a week or three hours a month or something. It's not, you and I both know that. Yeah. Okay. It can be, you can probably do that for a couple months where you can show how passive it is, but if you're going to do growth activities or you're going to like mitigate yeah. some icebergs, like a spam attack, like, no, you're not going to be spending one hour a week when your site's, you know, under attack or, you know, or when you're executing a growth strategy, you're going to be spending more time. So, and we should um, mention, you know, the, the, the size of this site, like we're looking at in Aussie dollars because ours is weak. Like we're talking a half a million dollar web asset here, aren't we? Sure. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's not a it's not totally passive or anything like that. And like you said, I'm going to give a shout out to, to our community. 
if you're listening and you've done our course, you have this operational expertise that Ewan's talking about because basically that's a content site. It's pretty much what we teach here at eBusiness Institute, you know, just renovating the website, putting in growth strategies, changing around the affiliates to you. So going forward now, you you still retain ownership of that. You, you've actually, so the buyer, did you guys come to a deal where does he is he doing an earn out with you or are you actually retaining equity in this? So you- yeah, so we've structured it. I'm a big fan of of doing what's called phantom equity, <laughs> yeah. Uh, because I've been on so many cap tables, and we do this also with our like with with other JVs that we do, um, yeah. and and some of our senior team. Like, you know, getting on a cap table is really complicated, and there's a lot of like legal procedures, and depending on which states you're in, it gets pretty complicated. But if you can do a kind of a phantom equity structure that essentially it's like a, it's a consulting agreement, but there is it, you, it functions like equity. You just set up certain clauses. And so that's kind of what we did essentially. And if there's an exit, we get participation in that, another exit. So we you can structure it all the same. It's just, you know, you know, not an actual, you're not actually on the, the cap table. So essentially it functions as equity. Um, and that's kind of, I'm a big fan of those structures um, if you can do it. And are you happy to mention that the percentage capital so people have an idea on a deal like that that you retain? At the- yeah, so I think essentially it's around 20%, but there's like there we set up like a waterfall where we start at, I think it's a little bit under. And if we get, uh, if we hit some certain revenue targets, then we get a 5% kicker and then there's another kicker. Nice. So like, so we can, you know, and that's a great way to structure it. And how even that's that's how I've structured our, our ground up funds as well. It's, it's a return on capital based hurdle. So until... Beautiful. The investors get X dollars back. They're one X. You know, we participate at a certain level, and then, um, and then once they get a, a two X, there's a, a step between one and two X, and there's a step post two and a half X. So we kind of like stair step it, but have it completely aligned and and, and give the investors uh, a bias. You know, towards getting their money back before us. So this is fantastic for this buyer. Can you mention? Don't give away his name or identity or anything, but. But just like what what's the sort of buyer that that did this deal with you? Because he's got a really yeah. Good so a lot of times, yeah. I mean, it's it like this this guy in particular. I think he's coming at it like he's um he has experience in you know professional business experience. He's a you know very capable, intelligent, you know successful person in his own right. But come, coming from the offline world, and so he's interested in getting exposure to digital. And okay. there's actually like very few ways you can kind of do that. Yeah. Um. You, you know. You know, at, certainly at the you know at the scale. With, I mean, you can go very passive, but I think for the people that want to be operationally involved and kind of steer the ship a little bit, um, there's not a lot of good options out there. Um, and so, yeah, so he's coming at it kind of as a lifestyle. He's planning, I think, the second phase of his life where he doesn't want to be on the road, uh, you know, twenty four seven. Doesn't want to be in airports and traveling as much. And this is kind of like um, almost like a not a retirement plan, but like an exit ramp that you can gradually transition yeah. away from the corporate, you know, routine into something a little bit more flexible and fun. Uh, so if you're an enthusiast in the space, that, that's also helpful too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So for him, he, I think you mentioned like, yeah, he's a pretty busy corporate type guy, high income earner. And he's just, like you said, he's, he's thinking about his retirement and he sees this and he's just come out again. It sounds like the win-win outcome for the two parties you get a significant chunk of cash off the table but you still retain 20 percent ride of that website plus a five percent 
kicker later on and you've got a it sounds like you're working with a really nice guy he's happy he's got a, a retirement plan or a transition plan possibly from corporate so if you're listening realize the world's changed it's not like in the old days when if you're a corporate high income earner we would sell you or help you buy a bricks and mortar business it'd be up for millions of dollars and you, everything's on the line this day and age you can get involved in you know with a company like venture forth capital and um venture forth media sorry i was calling it capital venture forth media okay. and um there's all sorts of ways you can work a deal so from and those of you who are listening who are good website operators you can learn from you and hear what he's done which is he's selling off his websites but getting i guess in a way you've you've got you know you've got capital off but you've got investors where you retain ownership of these winning websites so there's this a really this is evolving into a really good space for you for the future and then Ewan, if you presumably this is rinse and repeat you've got a whole portfolio of websites you've got multiple jv partners and i guess that's the way forward for you over the you know it's a it's a very smart move you've set this up yeah. really well I think it, it's kind of like I was examining the inverse. Like, what are we not doing too? And like yeah. learning from some of our mistakes. Yeah. Like we're not going That's out there and being like, oh, we'll raise a ton of money. Like, you know, like some yep. of these FBA aggregators and just buy a bunch of big things just because we can raise a lot and then go buy, you know, content websites that are, you know, seven yeah. figures and above. Like, you know, that, that's like a whole different ballgame. And what we've realized is that we're really good at like zero to one or like now I guess we've got like one to two, like in that, like you said, stuff at the UK range you can acquire some like rehab it get it up on or, or use the foundation, build something great on top of it, you know, find some expert writers like build a community around that, that, that site. Um, and kind of like take it to that next level. But then with the kind of the flip side being, there's a certain size where we're going to seriously consider taking risk off um, yeah. and, and, and selling and kind of finding those little opportunities and kind of like within reason, staying in our lane, but also like getting back to that omnivore approach, being able to like, rather than looking at, what deals are currently for sale or like, you know, what we can currently build, like what, what gaps are in the market, you know, kind of broadly zoom out and say, what verticals do we like? Um, yeah. What verticals given our experience now, and that's really the moat around the business is the learned experience and the data, the traffic, the actual traffic numbers, not what uh, Semrush or Ahrefs tells you. Yeah. Um, and the actual conversion rates and the affiliate partnerships and the deals that we've brokered with some major brands you know, we have a custom rate card. We have a, a unique advertising model that we can work with them on. And once we have that information, you know, the websites aren't just like, it's like everyone's seeing chicken. Like they actually have some, they, they're different to us, right? Because we have those unique advantages. And so, um, so then we can say, okay, like we want to be in these markets. We want to build more around these, you know, th these strengths what's the best approach? Is it a build approach? Is it a buy approach? And then we can kind of toggle between those. And that actually helps us be better builders and better buyers by, by being able to toggle between that and understand the replacement costs really intimately. Um, but also understand like, what does it mean to buy a site with, you know, 300 articles for $8,000? Like yep. maybe you're buying below replacement costs, you know, below what it would cost us to build that site from, from a zero today. So those are the types of trade-offs I like to play with. And, and again, the site we acquired, I think had 20,000 email subscribers too. So there's like little things like that, um, little advantages uh, that, you know, we really want to be ready for and um, be flexible, you know, not be tied into, because I think a lot of times either on the buy side or the build side, 
It's like, okay, I want to start a site today, or I want to go buy a site. It's like, what's available on the market? And I give, you know, arbitrary deadline in the next three weeks, I want to buy, you know, an online business. And a lot of times that that's a very limiting perspective. Um, And so to be able to be a little bit more flexible, I think is the key to where we are now, kind of in the maturation of our view on on this asset class. Yeah, and that that is just unreal today. I I want to give you a really big thank you because I think you're... It, it, this is absolutely perfect. I think you've just helped inspire so many people in our community because they're all, you know, that feeling. They're starting out small, but they're literally following because we teach it the plan that you're you're executing on right now. So they, we, everyone listening here can see a model for how this can work. And and like Yun said, understand too, if you've got more money, you can buy much bigger websites. But isn't it interesting? I, I really like what you've presented here today to our community because it's about reducing risk. Even though you've got millions of dollars to play with, you, you're buying sites under 50K, building up a portfolio, but also building websites and also then working out these deals with your investors and still for yourself and your organization retaining ownership in the websites. And it all revolves around guys learning this stuff, what we teach at eBusiness. Seriously, I'm going to give ourselves a plug. We teach this really well, I reckon. Um, I'm just listening to you and here going, yep, that's what we teach. Yep, that's what mm-hmm. we teach. It's all about, uh, as you and just said, yeah, breaking down simply, it's a content strategy and working with you know higher extra writers for each website. But the good news is you can start out really small, guys. You don't have to go out there and take massive risk. This is particularly important in light of worldwide events. If there's a potential recession, this is still a relatively safe, I won't say totally safe, but as you can see, still a relatively safe um, uh, business operation with potentially massive upside. So I do want to say a massive thank you to you and for coming along and, and sharing uh, that awesome update and and what's happening out there. And what we'll do for you as well, we'll obviously put some links in, in the show notes for you as well. And um, yeah, big, big thank you. And guys, Seriously, if you want to learn how to do this, if you're new to this podcast, make sure you try sign up for our free masterclass. We go through literally the strategy that Ewan is doing here and we show you how you can start out buying small websites and build it up into a portfolio of um, money-making websites that then you can do whatever you want with. But it all starts listening to our free masterclass. So get onto that and have and check that one out. And Ewan, thank you so much for coming along today. Great. Thanks so much, Matt. It's been great to kind of do the follow-up and looking forward to more. Absolutely. Yeah. Can't wait for the next one. Awesome. You've been listening to a Digital Investors Podcast with Matt and Liz Rad from the eBusiness Institute. If you'd like more great content, interviews, and inspiration, make sure you subscribe here in your podcast app or visit digitalinvestors.com for more insights into the future of investing online.